Hello, this is Reverend Judith Laxer. Thank you for listening to the podcast of our service entitled, Love Makes It Possible. My wish is that the food for thought offered brings great nourishment for your soul. Our ministry for the goddess is supported solely by those like you who partake of its teachings. We are currently running our annual pledge drive. If you feel served by listening, please go to our website, www.gaiastemple.org, click on the Support Us button to make your pledge, and then push the Donate button and give generously. We'd be most grateful. Thank you, and blessed be. I'm sure you all know that Valentine's Day is coming right up on Tuesday. Uh Uh-oh. We're happening. We're already happening. Okay. I was alerted to something that is already happening. And we are still happening. So, we'll start again. As we all know, Valentine's Day is coming right up here. And for those of you listening overseas, it's a, uh, I think it's a particularly American holiday. And uh, it brings the topic of love sharply into focus. And I know that really it has become a rather a bit of a boon for the uh, Hallmark and florist industries. Um, And like most holidays, it's both lovely to celebrate and it's also fraught with some difficulties. Um, Not everyone is partnered, and so Valentine's Day can be hard for those flying solo. Uh, Which is why over the years I've come to think of this day as one in which we can celebrate love in all of its forms and guises, not just the romantic. Now don't get me wrong, if you've got some romance going on, amp it up on Valentine's Day. (laughs) Do bring the flowers. Don't forget the chocolate. Get romantic. Kissy, kissy. Yes, do it. (laughs) Um, But love is the force, as we know, and the reason and the answer for everything. Love is always the answer, whether that is romantic or not. I think, and I've said this many times in Gaia's Temple, I think that love is the glue that keeps everything together. I think it's what keeps the world turning. I think it keeps the life cycle continuing. I think it holds our reality together. Love, love and desire, I think, are the things that motivate everything in our lives. And I think that love is the reason for our existence. I really do. I think that's why we're here. The reason we are all here. The reason we do anything. The reason we do everything. And I think that it is the very best motivation for just about anything. Love should be the reason behind it all. That's why I think that love is always the answer the answer to how to be and how to act and uh, how and what to give and offer. Love. And whether your love is for someone else or for yourself or for your family or nature or for the goddess, if your love is for the chocolate cake or the bird on the wing or the forest, uh, the forest out there, uh, love is always the answer to everything. That's essentially what my service is today, that love is the answer to everything. You will probably hear me say that several times, because why? Love is what? The answer answer to everything. It's the answer to every problem, to every situation, even when the situation is challenging, especially when the situation is challenging. And that is because love is not just a feeling, it is a way. Love is a way of being. And I think it's good for us to think of ourselves as lovers, to cultivate our inner lover and become one whose way is love in the world, to become lovers of the world, to become one who leads with love, 
who knows that love is sometimes tough and sometimes tender and sometimes fierce and sometimes fluid, love morphs, but it is always the way. No one ever goes wrong by living love. And what love does is it keeps us soft. It softens us and it keeps us soft. Now, we are living in a world where we are protecting ourselves constantly because it's such a dangerous world, or so we think. And yes, it is true. There is danger in our world. What that does is it makes us close down and harden, harden ourselves and harden our hearts to heal from wounding that we've already experienced and to protect ourselves from further wounding. There's wisdom in that. But love can keep us soft while we remain protective. I think there's a distinction between protecting ourselves and hardening ourselves. Love will keep us soft. Softness is often perceived as weakness. In a patriarchy, softness is considered weakness. But it's not weakness. Softness is the quality of comfort. And we all know that most of the world's problems arise out of lack of comfort. And consequently, the dysfunction that goes on in the world is in our desperate attempt to be comfortable, right? That's why we, okay, that's why I <laughs> overdo everything, right? More, 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 can't get enough comfort. So I am currently um, wrapped up in a Netflix series that I'm watching like, I don't even know how many episodes every night. I'm a little behind. It's called Madam Secretary. I think it was from 2015 or 16 or something. Tia Leone plays the Secretary of State. And there are times when I wonder, like, why am I watching this? Because it's just every program is fraught with espionage and they're, they're killed, then the world's going to blow. I mean, really, it's just like so high stakes, episode after episode. I'm like, why am I watching this? And this is why I'm watching this, because in every single situation, every time it's like, oh, no, there goes the whole thing. She appeals to the humanity in whoever it is she's dealing with. Despots, tyrants, presidents, ambassadors, diplomats, her family, herself. She appeals to the humanity in the situation and it de-escalates everything because everything softens, right? So I wrote a whole bunch here, what did I say? So yeah, she consistently appeals to the humanity of the situation. Diplomacy is not just blowing smoke to appease everyone. She is fierce in her commitment to maintain democracy and keep it alive. And most every time she finds her way through the situation by softening and asking the people she is dealing with to soften a little bit as well. She'll ask about their children. In one situation, she negotiated for both warring parties, the two heads of state, <laughs> hating each other forever to call just a one-hour ceasefire in the fly zone so they could take this one child who needed to go to the hospital that wasn't in this location but was in that location in a short amount of time or the kid was going to die, right? So let's just do just for one hour ceasefire on the fly zone so we can save this one little girl's life. And from doing that, and they realized how easy it was to stop the no-fly zone, the whole thing just de-escalated 
and that was the beginning of the unraveling of the war. It's our humanity. It's our softness. It's a strength. It is not a weakness. Love is always the answer. So, as I am sure you have heard, this last week we lost prolific songwriter Burke Backrack. He was 94, he died of natural causes. I love that expression, and I love that what they're saying he died of is natural causes, because that's what he died of. He died of natural causes. I mean, ultimately we all die of, of cardiac arrest. <laughs> At some point our heart is gonna stop and we are going to die. But then, you know, we just, we call it cardiac arrest. Instead of natural causes, the heart stopped, he's gone. Anyway, I loved all of his music because all of his songs were about love. Anyone who writes songs that say, I say a little prayer for you, and what the world needs now is love, sweet love, is all right in my book. So in part, in tribute to him, but also because the song itself is still so on point. Even now, are you ready for this? Hang on to your hats. 58 years after it was released. What? I thought we'd all sing what the world needs now together as a congregation. So Kathy's going to play it for us. We got the words up here. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing out there, just a little love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but for Enough to cross, enough to last till the end of time. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just a little love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but for to shine oh listen please if you want to know what the world needs now is love sweet love it's the only thing that there's just a little love what the world needs now is love sweet love no not just for classic a classic song and still so pertinent so true so my friends here we are on the wheel of the year early spring in bulk ushers in the season of spring we are starting to notice that it's not pitch black dark at 4:30 at night and yahoo 
we're starting to enter into the time when we really cross th that equinox and go into the light half of the year. So it is early spring for sure, but it is spring nonetheless. Life is awakening after its long winter snap of dormancy and stillness. Um, the sun, uh, because of the way that we are moving in the cosmos, there is a longer amount of sun in the northern hemisphere. This is calling forth life from within the body of the mother. This longer amount of sunlight is a gentle warming. It is nature's wake-up call. And it gives the signal to the seeds within the ground that it's time to send out the first shoots and begin to rise to the surface, coming back from the underworld. So the, the energy that's happening in nature right now is one of rising and upliftment. So as good old-fashioned pagans, who seek to emulate nature in our spiritual practice, we look to what is coming to the surface for us in our lives, in our hearts, and in our consciousness at this time. If that's what nature is doing, we will do the same thing. So we ask ourselves what is arising within so that we remind ourselves of our deep and potent connection to Mother Earth. She is reaching upward and growing again, and if we want to stay aligned with her, we shift to upward and our growth orientation as well. So this is a time of potential. And potential being, of course, what will become. As an adjective, potential means capable of being, but not yet in existence. As a noun, potential means the inherent ability or capability for growth, development, or future success. And it derives from the Latin, of course, as so much of our language does, meaning powerful. The P-O in potential is the same P-O in power and in potent, which means strong, or potency, which leads to manifestation. So power, potency, potent, and of course, potato. <laughs> no, not potato. I'm just messing with you. I couldn't help it. When we are referring to something that uh, has potential, we are speaking about it in the future, in the, fa uh, the fact that it even has a future because it has potential. It is future speak, which the season of spring brings to our tongue each year. The season is experiencing a new beginning, and we all know that the beginning is just the start of the narrative. How will it develop? We don't know, but it has potential. We don't yet know. That's a really good spiritual principle to keep in mind. We think we know. We are afraid sometimes that we know what we're imagining. But we really don't yet know. And there, in the not knowing, is room for possibility. If you, like me, have walked the wheel of, year, of the year more than once, right, or many times, then you've garnered experience to know that in nature, a seed becomes a shoot that will form a flower that will then become a fruit, which is why when something develops fully, we say it has come to fruition. It has fruited. It has reached its full potential. Nature does this all on her own. Mother Nature's laws are irrefutable. Unless we are cultivating a specific kind of garden, 
we can see that nature will follow her cycle whether inter we intervene or not. The maple tree will go dormant and in time her sap will rise. She will leaf out and her flowers will in time produce samaras, which I didn't know that was the name for them. Those little whirligig helicopter things are called samaras. Um, and those are the seed pods that uh, produce future trees. That just happens whether we intervene or not. That is nature's law. That's part of that cycle. The forward movement of growth is a natural thing, just as decline is a natural thing, and all of it within the context of the life cycle. But here and now, we are at the time of early growth. And when we're looking at the potential of something, we are affirming a possible future, right? There's that PO again, impossible. Now, possible and possibilities requires our imagination, our visioning, and our dreaming. What kind of life do I want for myself? What kind of person do I want to be? What kind of world do I want to live in? These are all in the realm of possibility. And we need to envision that. I want the kind of life that is on purpose, or is easy, or is delicious. I want to live in a world where people are kind. I want to be the kind of person that people can come to if they have a need or can trust or what, what have you. But that has to be something we envision first and we dream about it. What is that possibility? Hasn't happened yet, but what is it? We dream into that. The good thing about our imagination is that it has no limits. Our mundane reality has limits. If I walk into that door, it's going to hit me in the face. But our, and our circumstances might have limits, right? Can't leave the job till 5 o'clock or until this job is over, right? There are limits in our mundane reality, but not in our imaginations. Our imaginations can go anywhere. Now, what is needed for our visions to go from possible to probable? That's where our power and potency comes in. And that requires action. When we put an action up against, aligned with, woven into our dreams, it goes from just a possibility to something that has some probability. In fact, it might very well happen because I've put it in action. So if you would now, I'll ask you to close your eyes and go within and get comfortable in your seat again. Take another really deep breath. Reconnect to your grounding cord that we put down at the beginning of the service. If you came in after that, go ahead and ground yourself now. And then bring your attention up to your third eye, as we often do right there in the center of your forehead. Imagine it like an actual eye, like your other two. And then go ahead and open it up and look out through it and find yourself gazing out the window very early in the morning on a very early spring morning. The sun rose just about an hour ago, and now the birds are out there pecking on the ground, seeking breakfast, and there is the waning moon hanging pale in the morning sky. There's the squirrels scurrying around back there. It's still cold out there, but you're warm inside. And now your eyes turn to a tree just beyond, just outside your window. 
standing bare in the early morning light. And sharpen your focus now on one of the slim branches at the tree's edge. And as you do, notice the buds there. If you hadn't looked this closely, you wouldn't have noticed them. But there they surely are. Buds, small and tight, but clearly beginning to emerge on the branch. And the more you look, the more of them you see. So notice now their color, their shape, their size. And you know that what you're looking at is the tree's potential. Maybe you're looking at an apple tree, and therefore you're looking at a future apple. Or maybe it's a maple, and you're looking at a future leaf. Or maybe it's a lilac, and you're looking at a future flower. But that little bud will potentially, if the right conditions persist, grow into something wonderful, come to fruition. So let your gaze focus on one bud in particular now, as if you were scrying a soft gaze that allows your mind to ponder without distraction. And as you do, think of your soul as a tree with a bud now forming. Some potential in you or in your life is just starting to form from the depths of your soul. So take a moment now to drop your awareness into this bud as if you could merge with it. And now ask and learn the exact nature of the bud of potential that your soul put forth in season. You might hear the answer in words, perhaps it's a vision in your mind, or maybe you simply sense it intuitively. All ways of learning are perfect, so ask the bud forming in your soul its exact nature now. Good, and take a moment now and consider exactly what condition would have to persist in order for this potential to come to fruition. Is the condition gentleness? Is it faith? Is it love? Does the right condition require a plan or a strategy? And what action must you take? Take a moment now and determine what you must do to keep the conditions right for this bud of potential within you to flourish. Good, and take another deep breath now and bring your awareness back to the tree outside your window once more. And then bring to mind the action you determined the one you know that will help the soul bud within you to move from possibility to probability. Take one more moment and envision yourself doing it, taking that action. See yourself in action toward this cause. And then one more deep breath, and then gently let the vision fade and come back here to this sanctuary.
So the thing is, my friends, that magic is like has different phases to it. And we often will forget or ignore the legwork part of it. Like we have to envision, we have to raise energy, we have to stay focused, and we got to put our, we have to direct that energy towards something, but then we have to follow it up with actions. It doesn't, we don't, wouldn't it be wonderful if all we had to do was ibbity-bobbity-boop with a wand? But there's no ibbity-bobbity-boop. Well, there might be an ibbity-bobbity-boop, but then you got to follow it up with some <laughs> legwork. All the best laid plans remain just that, plans until we add our action to our vision. This is what brings our vision and dreams and desires from possible to probable. The other thing is, especially in season now, we must do this tenderly, tenderly. It's spring, these shoots, they're babies. You can't put the hose of water on them. You get the spray bottle and keep them moist and tender. We have to tend them. Tending is a tender thing. We will tenderly tend the tendrils. <laughs> you see, it's all part of the same thing, gentleness. Gentleness is needed at the start of anything. The other thing is, I've been thinking about this, you know, we, we're, we're, we're tired people now. We're tired. We are tired of coping with the times in which we live. So it's good for us to be discerning, too. We, to, to employ an economy of action. So we're not just spending our energy, wasting our energy, doing too many things, or doing so many things at once. I mean, yeah, it's great to multitask, but be wise, right? An economy of action. Be thoughtful. What's needed here? Oh, that will really be the thing that gets the most benefit. How can I do that tenderly? And then we must do it over time. It's rarely a one and done. We don't just weed the garden once. We don't just water the plants once. It's an ongoing thing. The action doesn't have to be big, grand, and exhausting. It should be something we can manage and something we can do over time. And of course, you can never go wrong by choosing to act on something for the highest good. So if you think, oh my goodness, there are so many buds forming in my soul. I am nothing but potential for the world. I've got so many things that I want to do, you know. Perhaps choosing the one that's good for the highest good, that will go beyond just the self, you can never go wrong with putting your actions in that way. And you can never go wrong remembering love as a way not just the feeling that motivates us, but the way forward. Now, this is also true. Sometimes it seems, no matter what we do, we can't seem to manifest our exact visions and desires. For me, when that happens, that lands in the realm of the fates, right? Something despite our desires is not in our destiny. But what occurs by doing our legwork is often enough. It's the act of the action that sometimes is enough that can fulfill the vision, even if the vision isn't exactly the way we envisioned it to begin with. You know, like, I never actually manifested a physical space for this ministry. 
right? In the early days, if you were with me in the early days, at the end of every service, we were envisioning the place and seeing ourselves open the doors, and I was describing it and was like, oh, oh, and you know, a couple of times we felt like, hey, we might really get there. But here it is over 22 years later, and we are still renting, and we're here in this beautiful sanctuary. Now, this was a labor of love for me. My love for the goddess, my love for Gaia's temple has been the way of it. And love has been the answer. It has been the way. And so we're still here. Would I have liked to have gotten our own building? Sure. If someone said, hey, you want your own building? I can give it to you. I would not say them no. But I won't discount what has happened in the interim because that's been the legwork. And that legwork has been an act of love. So it's all good. Yeah. So, in season, in early spring, we can think of ourselves as the seeds of love that are awakening and pushing forth, pushing forth to love, the ones through which love makes its beautiful way into the world. We can be the channels for love. Despite any hardships or fears or trepidation or fatigue, in time, the season will always bring around the time of potential. And that's where we are at now. So let's utilize the energy that's happening in the earth and put it toward whatever is in potential in our lives. And this way our engagement with the energy of the season will support our becoming. And that, my dear, is a music cue for you. Some say love, it is a river that drowns the tender reed. Some say love, it is a razor that leaves your soul to say love it is a hunger an endless aching need I say love it is a flower and you it's only It's the heart afraid of breaking that never learns to dance. It's the dream afraid of waking that never takes the chance. It's the one who won't be taken, who cannot seem to give. It's the soul afraid of dying 
that never learns to live when the night has been too lonely and the road has been too long and you think that love is only for the lucky and the strong just remember in the winter far beneath the bitter snows lies the seed that with the sun's love in the spring becomes the over time. May doing so be so pleasurable to you that it becomes the way you move through the world. May love make all things possible for you and for the highest good of all. Blessed be.